And welcome into Fantasy Baseball Camp. We are here, episode 39. We are just a few days before the trade deadline. And you see we've got a Spencer Strider lookalike joining us here for this special episode. Uh, that is one of our one of our uh, regulars for our Fantasy Baseball League, Sir Ryan Dill. Um, what's going on, Ryan? What's going on, Burns? Thanks for having me on the show today. So I, I don't, I'm, not, I'm not Spencer Strider, though. <laughs> you, you, you got the you got the mustache to try to do the lookalike though, but uh, maybe you can come pitch for us in our in our men's league. Yeah, it'd probably be good if I showed up every once in a while, you know. <laughs> so <laughs> let's look at Ryan uh, playing in our fantasy baseball league. Is a regular near, I would say, in the top half of the league. Hey, and, he's part of the and, OG crew, man. Let's give him credit. He's part of the OG crew. Right. So overall, in one, two, three, four, five, six, seven, eight years. He has a 90 and 60 record, two championships, and his average finish is, a, is at 2.9. Um, so uh, I'm curious to see those stats. Is that the highest in the league? What, nah, which I think the Ethan overall is, record right? Or as far the as highest finish? It's got to be up there. Overall record, you mean? Or, or uh, average championships? Finish. Oh, average finish. Average finish. Uh, I don't know. We'll, we'll have to do some research on that and uh, and dig into maybe an overall Champions League episode. Uh, I, I pulled up your stats for you, and you had to boast a little bit and pull that mustache out and pull, boast a little bit more about it. I was already <laughs> boasting about you, and you already had to do some more. But Ryan has run, curious, obviously curious. Ryan's obviously run into some luck. Uh, or, I mean, uh, done well, does well in fantasy. <laughs> So, but, uh, so Ryan will obviously have some great advice and great opinions as we do this, um, by pretty much a buy low episode here for fantasy baseball. Um, as we get into closer to the trade deadline, there's some trades that have happened already. Um, let's just jump right into it. Lucas Giolito and Ronaldo Lopez going to the angels. What does that do for Lucas Giolito? Does that make him a, um, must start for the Angels, um, or is it just just slightly improved? Nah. What, what do you think, Wes? Uh, no, man, it, I don't think it makes him a must start. I mean, I think G Little's been good this year, but honestly, I'm I don't think it affects his trade value at all because the White Sox weren't very good. He's going to the Angels, who. They're slightly better, but he's now going to a six-man rotation, right? So you're going to lose at least one two-star week from him. I don't necessarily see the Angels as the Dodgers, where if he had gone to the Dodgers, it would really increase his value. I just don't see it increasing his value that much. I still think he's going to be the same pitcher, the same guy with the Angels, um, you can expect anywhere from an 18 to 22, 25 point week from him. Um, but you're not, you, if he blows up and goes negative seven for you, that wouldn't surprise me either. So I don't, I wouldn't say that it really increases his value much. Ryan, are you uh, buying in on Lucas Giolito thinking that this trade, what do you think this trade does for his value? You know, I, I'm going to agree with Wes here on a rare occasion. Um, <laughs> I don't, I don't, I mean, he's still the same pitcher and, you know, what, what you're getting from him with the White Sox is probably going to be very similar with the Angels. Um, 
I don't know how the whole six-man rotation thing was. Take me through that. I mean, who else is in the, the rotation that would be in front of him? Yeah, it's because they got Otani, right? Like, they, they run a six-man because of Otani, and then, like, they give him six days off. So they got Detmers. Um, they got Sandoval. They've got um, – Oh, they just had the trash panda up um, Sam Bra- Bachman, I think. Bachman threw a game for him, but they also had uh, Griffin Canning has been in their rotation, and there's one other guy that I'm missing there. Yeah, so the the whole reason for six man is, is because of Atani and how they yeah. manage the time and, and slide Not because they have good um, five good guys. Yeah, yes, exactly. Yeah, 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 that was my question, but um, – yeah, it's the same, same. It's the same Lucas Giolito. He might go out there and throw a no-hitter, and he might go out there and throw a 12-hitter. So, I mean... <laughs> Ryan, would you trade Anthony Volpe for Lucas Giolito? No. No, you want to keep Volpe? Me personally, yes, because I have him for a dollar, and <laughs> I have him for three years for a dollar. Um, I don't think Volpe's had the year that I was hoping he was going to have. Um, but you know, so what about in a redraft league? If the, if you don't have contracts, are you trading Volpe right now for Lucas Giolito? And not a contract league. In a redraft, right? In a redraft league. Yeah, if it's a, yeah, I would trade Volpe for Giolito for sure. Yeah, I'd probably agree with that. I think, yeah, like Ryan saying, Volpe. Nah, we were hoping to get so much more from him this year. That first week looked like it, but. Uh, I the know. Yankees, the the Yankees need to go like, like we talked about in the waiver wire episode. Just go get Tim Anderson. The dude would love the show of New York City. Yeah, that would that would really help uh, help the Yankees not really, and not spend a lot. Um. So that's that's one one trade that's happened already. Um, a less lesser trade: Ahmed Rosario to the Dodgers for Noah Syndergaard, the Cleveland Guardians. Are either of these guys? Are you, are you worried about any of these guys? Are they fancy relevant? I just want to. I just want to start off with like what, like, what an what an awful trade, in my opinion. I mean, <laughs> I mean, um, I, I'm right I there with you, what, man. I don't. This is not what the episode's about, I guess. But what, what are they why? doing? Why? I mean, why would you trade Rosario for Noah Syndergaard, who's been trashed for the past forever? And yeah. so, like, you know what you're gonna get. Not nothing good, and then Rosario was. I mean, I'm not saying he's the greatest ever, but he's way more valuable than Cindergard. So I don't, I don't understand that trade at all. Does it? Yeah. Make, does that? Does that a signal that the Guardians are buyers or sellers? I mean, what if they didn't buy anything? <laughs> they 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 bought they yeah. bought some trash, and I, I don't know. I couldn't. I also couldn't say that they're sellers either, right? Like, what are they selling? Rosario? Uh, I don't know. That's. I, I I I don't know. This one just didn't make sense to me, man. It just it doesn't really do either team any good. If yeah. the Cleveland, if Cleveland, if Cleveland wanted value out of that trade, and Syndergaard was on a one year deal, like if they wanted value out of that trade, get a minor leaguer, get a. Get a a low A guy with a bucket of baseballs coming at you. Like that's better than getting Noah Syndergaard. I, I just, this one didn't make sense to me. Um, and I don't know. Are you are you buying into Med Rosario with the Dodgers though? 
Are there more moves to come for the Dodgers, or is this their starting shortstop to make a playoff run? I uh, think mm. no way. They, they nah, they're going to they're going to make some more moves because you know they were real quiet yeah. in the off season. They didn't really do anything in the off season, and you know I think they're going to be buying for sure. Yeah, yeah, I agree with that. And we, you know, we just saw a report that Dodgers have inquired about Arenado. I don't know if that's going to happen, but they got the prospects and and people to do it if if they need to. So Arenado to the Dodgers would be fun. I don't know why the Cardinals would do that unless they're trying to unless they're rebuilding rather than retooling. They've got Jordan Walker just came up. I mean, they really don't have the pitching staff. So maybe the Cardinals do actually need to do a rebuild that they never have to do. They always just retool. Their guys just come up and make, and it works. Um, so maybe, I mean, the, the, here's another guy that we can just jump right into. Jack Flaherty, not having a great year. But if he gets traded to the Dodgers, does that make him a must kind of start kind of pitcher? I don't know if it makes him a must start. Um but Flaherty has shown in the past that he can be ace material, and he's shown that once or twice this year. He hadn't necessarily been great this year, and, and you know, uh, as a sum of the season, but like he's been great in the past. So I, I think a change of scenery for him would do him good. If he's on a, if he gets traded to the Braves, he gets traded to the Red Sox, he gets traded. Hey, let's say he gets traded to Tampa, like. Yeah, I would probably buy into that where he's on a team that can actually get him wins, especially if you're in a points league. You know, wins are seven, – that seven points is everything, man. Um, so a guy like Flaherty goes to a team like the Dodgers, yeah, I'd probably buy into that. I, don't, I wouldn't say he's a must-start, though. Uh, he's definitely somebody I would want on my bench. His month of July is pretty good. He's only got a 3.08 ERA. He's got more strikeouts or just about a strikeout per inning, and the walks are down. He's kind of p- trying to pitch himself into a new lineup, um, trying to get out of that Cardinals clubhouse that has been trashed since they uh, benched O'Neill for not sprinting home when Acuna smoked him <laughs> from right field. Um, that just that trashed their clubhouse from the beginning, and they haven't been – they, they yeah. should have. They should have won that NL Central with ease. I got Flaherty as a buy low. You believe in him? You th- you think if he gets traded, then uh, his value goes up and it's worthy? Yeah, I mean he's. I mean he's coming back, and yeah, it's not been pretty. But you know, you put him on a Dodgers team that's going to give him some support he needs, kind of take some pressure off of him on the mound, let him pitch a little bit. Yeah, I mean. You've seen what he's done in the past. Potential's there. Um, that change of scenery, support system he's going to have out there as far as taking pressure off his shoulders will help. I, I mean, I, I'm not saying he's definitely not a must-start, but he's a guy that, hey, I'll go out there and try to get him for low-low and put him on my bench and see what happens in the next few weeks. Yeah. I mean, in 2019, the guy was had 231 strikeouts and 196 innings. He's been injury-riddled since then. But maybe he just goes to not even the Dodgers. The Red Sox could even use the guy, and they have got the the, the prospects to send over for that. Yeah, I, I, I'm in the boat that Flaherty could use that change of scenery and become a, a great pitcher for for fantasy lineups. Now, is is what is Flaherty's 
onus like ownership percentage in, in fantasy leagues. I mean, is, is I think we everyone owned him, only, or is he? He's only eighty percent owned, so he's yeah, actually so a, a waiver wire type of ad. I think then. I think he's not even a buy low guy. I think he's a pickup guy. Because I mean, yeah, you might you might be right there. I mean, eighty percent ownage in, in in leagues means he's available in almost a quarter yeah. of the leagues out there. So. Yeah, Ryan, that's usually our, 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 our percent there that we try to do for waiver wire ads is someone who's below 80% owned and Flaherty's right there at 80%. Yeah. Um, if, if he's so, like Ryan's pointing out here, if he's available on your on your waiver, stash him right now because if he gets moved to a contending team, his value, he, the, he, will, he will be 90% owned easy. Yeah, F1. All right, Wes, how about another guy that value could be increased here if he gets traded? Another buy low yeah. candidate. I'm gonna I'm I'm on the fence on this one. Uh but but I'm gonna talk about Lancelin a little bit. Um he's been great with the White Sox in the past. Um has not had the year that we hoped that he would. The White Sox themselves have just not had the year that we hoped that they would. Last few uh, years. I, Last few years, yeah. I mean, they've just been a dumpster fire, let's be honest. But I think Lance Lynn is the type of guy that we're talking about change of scenery. He could go to a contender. Um, he has the pedigree. You know, he has the track record. He's played in the playoffs. You know, I, I think that's a guy that can go to a contender. He could go to a Texas and, you know, and be really good for the Rangers, right? And he's a guy that if he gets to a contender – especially with fantasy purposes, he can go six innings, seven innings, seven, eight innings, you know? Yeah, he's a bigger guy, and the pitch clock affects him. But, you know, I would – I think if he went to a team like the Rangers, they would allow him to go into deep into games, and they got the type of bullpen that can support him if he does have one of those blow-up starts. So I think I would buy into Lance Lynn if he's on a contender – um, I wouldn't expect him to strike out as many as he has in the past. So maybe he's not providing you a 35 point week, but the consistency is there for me and, and track record for Lance Lynn. Yeah. Uh, I mean, if he gets traded, he goes and immediately gets a better defense. I mean, what kind of, what kind <laughs> of defense behind him is Jake Berger at second base? Um, Ryan, what's your thoughts on Lance Lynn? I mean, the, the dude's old enough to have grandchildren so i mean i'm, I'm not even gonna <laughs> I'm, not, I'm not on the train of, of buying this guy or if he's worth it I, I don't think he is i think he's past his prime i think it's straight downhill from here um he still can strike out some guys a lot i don't think defense has anything to do it behind him because i mean he's a strikeout pitcher um i don't see him going out there and putting seven innings and eight innings up like wesley says i think he's a, a five or six inning kind of guy now um, very inconsistent, and I think you know. What is he? Thirty-six years old now, probably. Right on, right like on, money. Thirty-six, and two seventy pounds. He, yeah, I mean, he's, <laughs> he's he's old. He's overweight. The game is sped up. Um, I ain't buying him. Yeah, um, I, I I think if you're buying him, you're not buying him to come in to be an ace, uh, non fantasy wise. Um, I think a, a team that could could use him as like their number three would be the Tampa Bay Rays. They have a just young pitching. They could use Lance Lynn, who's been around, to be more of a mentor to those guys. Um, 
But yeah, um, Lance Lynn gets deep in, deep into games, but still doesn't score points. And eight starts, I think he's in his last eight of nine, he's gone 100 pitches plus. So he eats innings, but he also gives up runs. He has he's in only one start this season has he given up zero runs. Um, and that was on July 6th against Toronto. Um, yeah. that's, that's tough when a the bro- guy just can't The broken clock is right twice a day, Burns. <laughs> <laughs> Come on. Um, yeah, I mean, he might be throwing 100 pitches a game, but does that mean he's really eating innings, though? Yeah, if he's getting into a lot of full, you know, full counts. Right, is, guys, he getting, then... is he getting into the seventh inning or later? Yeah. Um, no, he's he's sitting here at 5.256, 6.2. So he's getting a quality start, but he's not going he's not going any deeper than six on a regular well, basis. You know, you know, is he getting quality starts? Because to get quality starts, oh, no, start, you're you right, win, right, no. You, gotta, you yeah. can't give up runs, right? <laughs> and, yeah, or, and you got to go well, six. <laughs> well, I'm looking it up right now, and it, he's a 6.47 ERA. Um, so that's just not going to cut it on a quality start. So he's throwing 100 good. pitches a game, and he's going to five or six at the max, in my opinion. That's not a change of scenery it's, type of candidate for you? No. No. Okay, so moving into away from some pitchers, um, let's go with one more pitcher. Um, it's a quieter name in Jordan Montgomery. Um, he went from the Yankees to the Cardinals, and the Cardinals found something in him. It was Jordan Montgomery. Um, I'll give you time time to pull him up there. But he's he came over, came, like I said, came over from the Yankees and has done well. He's a lefty. What do you think, Wes? I think I'm buying into him, um, but on one on uh, with one caveat: if he's still with the Cardinals, no. If he gets traded and he's with another team, yeah, um, I, the Cardinals are just not good. So uh, it, it honestly it does. He can only pitch so well with the Cardinals and matter in fantasy, and he's been really good the last four weeks. You know, 28 points in week 12. 53 in week 13. It was a two-star week for him. And then week 14, it was 10 and a half. Pitched okay. Gave us some runs. A lot of walks. And then week 15, it was 15 and a half. He's been good. He's been serviceable. He's been like a number four, number five guy. If he's with the Cardinals, I really don't have any interest. If he's, you know, I mean, we're talking about the same teams, right? I think the Orioles would be a good fit for him. If Jordan Montgomery is in Camden Yards pitching for the Orioles, I guess I got a lot of interest in him. Um, that's a good defense. That's a lot of offense for him. Uh, that type thing, yeah. Yeah, I think I would have a lot of interest in Jordan Montgomery if he's on a better team. Um, he's certainly not going to strike out a lot of guys. I wouldn't expect that from him. Jordan Montgomery is the same Jordan Montgomery from three years ago. He's the same guy he's been for the last five years. Nothing's changed. He's not – gotten better he's not gotten worse he's just jordan montgomery when he was with the yankees he was he was valuable um i owned him on my teams in the past um as a as a a guy to stash on the bench and when two starts came up he's in my lineup because yep. i knew i knew he was gonna go out there he wasn't gonna blow it he wasn't gonna do great and he had a chance you know um he was a great guy to have on the bench for two starts um i mean he's a sub four era kind of guy and always has been his strikeouts to innings pitch are about the same, right? He might have a little bit more strikeouts to innings, um, but that's the way he's always been for the last 
since I can remember he's been in the league. Um, yeah. He got like traded, you're saying, Ryan. He, he got traded to the Cardinals, and I don't think his stats have changed any hardly from, from the years prior. <laughs> yeah. um, so he's the same guy. So if he gets put on a, a, a better team, I think he's definitely worth um, buying into, especially to have a another guy on the bench to throw out there when he's got two starts for sure. Yeah, yeah like you're saying, Ryan. Go ahead, Wes. If if he's like if you catch him on that two start week, I mean, look, he could score fifty three for you, right? Um, I wouldn't expect that every week, but yeah, well, that's in, happened this year. So in nine of his last ten starts, he's given up three or less runs. And just his most latest starts against the Cubs, he gave up five runs. But otherwise, he's been consistent lately in the month of July and June. Um, maybe playing his way to a, a playoff contender. He is widely owned. He is 91% owned, um, which is a little surprising based off his trends. Um, 27, 13, 28. And the I get maybe it's just more recent is why people are are getting it's why Jordan Montgomery is getting attention because the beginning of the year yeah. was atrocious. True, but since May twenty eighth, he has two starts that he's given up more than two earned runs, and right. he has gone six innings in all but two of those, and one of those was a rain out at the White Sox. So. Yeah, I mean, if you're looking for a guy to eat innings and give up one, two runs, he's not going to strike out, you know, many, like we said. But that's a consistency that can really help you down the stretch in fantasy. So who would you rather have, Jordan Montgomery or Lucas Giolito? I think I'd rather have Giolito for the strikeout potential, depending on what team he goes to. And what team Montgomery goes to, you mean? Yeah, Giolito well, both, Giolito, both right? of them, really. I mean, if they're both on the trading block, right? Like, if Giolito, if Giolito stays with the White Sox and Jordan Montgomery gets traded, then I'd rather have Montgomery. But if Wes, Montgomery stays with the Cardinals... Giolito's I, on the Angels now. Yeah, sorry. <laughs> Angels. Okay, sorry. <laughs> how, how make... I was still... I still... If Montgomery gets traded to a good team, I think I'd rather have him. You still yeah, rather have Giolito? That's a, yeah. That's a, that's one I'd have to really sit down and think about. I mean, Gilo yeah. is a bigger name, but let's just say Montgomery goes you to just, Texas. You just, yeah, you just know that you're not gonna throw him out there, and he's gonna lay an egg and get you negative seven points with Montgomery. But that can happen with yeah. Gilo. <clears throat> I don't know. Montgomery is that's a fair point. Been consistent for. The last three four years, he's just he's a lefty that pounds the zone and relies on defense. I don't know. That's a hard call. Yeah, that's uh, right now. Right now, the the with the current roster situation, folks. I, well, I'm I didn't look up Giolito's percent owned. Uh, do you have that handy right there, Wes? Of percent owned. Yeah, here's Giolito. Uh... Giolito is 97% known. So right now, Giolito, yeah. even before Montgomery I mean, moves. Giolito is the bigger name. Right. Yeah. So. Okay. Um, let's get into position players. The first one is Carlos Santana moving over from Pittsburgh Pirates to, Montgomery, to the Milwaukee Brewers. 
He was. I don't. Was he fancy relevant in Pittsburgh? I don't think so. No, y'all, but y'all can have him. Y'all can yeah, have him. Yeah. He's Moving been hot the last two, two days. But... Yeah. Does, does that does that interest you? At I don't all? know that it does. Ryan's all automatically out. He says doesn't even matter who, what team he's traded to. I don't I mean, know that do you, it makes him. If you don't, if you don't have anyone better than Carlos Santana on your roster now today, and you trying to go get this guy, then you're not even competing for a fantasy championship. Anyways. You obviously weren't listening to the podcast before this then because you weren't <laughs> picking up other waiver wire ads like Spencer Torkelson that Wes has been talking about and also getting hot. Um, yeah, agreed, Ryan. If you're, if you're looking like, should I pick up Carlos Santana? You should, uh, you should be your seller. Yeah. Um. Wes, why don't we get into a couple of uh, of those guys that are injured that are coming back soon? One guy that I know you're chasing right now. Who's that? Yeah, so I've been trying to get this guy for weeks now. Uh, Brandon Woodruff, and he's been on the IL since week one, right? And you know we've talked about this a little bit before, but there's a few things you can do down the stretch in fantasy to kind of really make the difference of like either putting you into the playoffs if you're right there on the verge or, you know, if you're already in the playoffs, kind of putting you over the edge of getting that last piece. For me, that's Brandon Woodruff because he's been injured most of the year, right? And, you know, conveniently in our team, uh, in our league, the team that he's on is right there on the edge, right? Like we're both right there on the edge of trying to get into the playoffs. And I feel like I can go get a Brandon Woodruff and I have pretty high level of confidence that when Brandon Woodruff comes back, he is going to, he's going to be a top tier pitcher. He might not be an ace. You know, he might not be Corbin Burns. I don't know that he's ever been Corbin Burns. He might not be Spencer Strider, but he's going to be a guy that I have a high level of confidence going out and give me six innings, Striking out eight, he might give up one or two earned runs, um, but he's going to give me a chance to win and score 20 to 25 points every time he goes out. And that's a real difference maker down the stretch um, that right now, I don't know that you're going to get a lower value for Brandon Woodruff that you could potentially trade for. So um, that's that's what I'm trying to chase is that that low value offering a, a long term deal or something to, to get him in return. I think the problem you have with Brandon Woodruff is he's been hurt since since April, and so pop, folks have probably been holding on to him. And now finally excited that he's just about to be back. So that's point one that folks are probably excited to have him back and looking at that as a trade piece, like a free trade piece. Two, you, if you're going to trade for Woodruff, he's not due back until after the trade deadline, so you have to take a chance and hoping that he comes back when they say he's going to come back. Um, yeah, you might have to keep him. You might have to keep him on the IL, but I'd like honestly, I'd like Ryan's take on this. Yeah, what do you think, Ryan, about Brandon Woodruff? Uh, are you wanting to take a chance with a guy who's coming off the IL and buy low right now? I mean, I'd buy him, <laughs> but the problem is, you know, he's not going to be available in any leagues, and. You're going to have to go get him from somebody that's been holding him all year long. Right. They're not going to sell him low, I think. Right. They've been holding him. They're cherishing this guy all year, just like Ethan does with all his his pitchers of Strasburg and <laughs> uh, Noah and uh, Jesus. Not uh, Jesus, but uh, who's the Marlins starting pitcher that he's been holding on to for three years? 
Oh, uh, Sixto oh, yeah. Sanchez. Sixto, Sixto Sanchez. Sixto Sanchez. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> the, the guy's never going to pitch for Ethan. Ethan's going to drop him. I'm going to pick him up, and he's going to win Cy Young. Done deal. <laughs> so, all right, I'll give I you. Don't, a... I don't. I don't know about. See, the thing with Woodruff is, is I think it's too late for Woodruff. If he was coming back from the IL like this week or the week before this week, then I would buy in. But you know, he's still not due. When's he supposed to come off the IL? At the uh, first earliest. week of August. At the earliest. Yeah. Yeah. So I mean, you're gonna throw him out there that hasn't pitched in all year long. Since like the first week, right? I don't, I don't know. It's risky. It's risky. Yeah. I, I, who, I, I don't know. Who would you rather have right now, Ryan? Julio Urias, who hasn't been great the last few weeks, or take a chance on Brandon Woodruff? So you know, Julio. I've always wanted Julio. I've tried to trade <laughs> for Julio. I think for like six straight years. Um, but I, I think this is probably the first year that I haven't really pursued him. Which that tells me that I don't think he's. I think I don't know. He's he's regressing. I think um, he's had a, a pretty bad year. Uh, I know CBS still ranks him pretty high, um, but I mean his stats don't really correlate with that very well. Um, yeah, he's got a five plus ERA right now. Yeah, um, I don't know. I mean he's still young, so. If I had to choose between him and Woodruff, I probably would go with Urias. Oh, that's um, not the direction I thought you were going to go. Really? Yeah. I didn't think he'd go that way either. I would go with Urias just because I don't know what I'm going to get from Woodruff. I don't even know if Woodruff is going to come back this year. You just don't know these things. Um, dude's been on the IL for a long time. He still has to go through rehab starts. And we've all seen this in the past many of times that they, they start a rehab start. and The back falls they, out. Yeah. yeah, something happens, right? And so I know that I can get innings from Julio. I know the potential's there. He still p- plays on a really good team, right? So you, you, I would go with Julio hoping for a little bit of a bounce back because, I mean, he's had a bad year, but, you know, he's been really good in the past. Um, and he's still young, so it's not like, hey, he's, he's done, right? He's yeah. past his prime. It's, he's washed up. He's, I mean, he's – he yeah. ain't Lance Lynn, right? He's, <laughs> He's a young yeah. kid, um, still got a lot of potential, had a bad year. Um, but, you know, I'd buy him hoping he can figure it out rather than going with Woodruff and hoping that he even comes back. So uh, let's then move into a game of start, sit, cut. You got to start a guy, you got to bench a guy, sit a guy, and you got to cut a guy from the roster. Our three candidates here are Julio Urias. Jack Flaherty and Lucas Giolito. Ryan, start, sit, and cut. Starting your eyes, sitting, um, Giolito, cutting Flaherty. Wes, can you argue anything different? You know, it's not often that Ryan and I agree on everything, but I'm 100% <laughs> on board with that. Yeah, I'm, I, I agree 100%. I mean, I, I wouldn't say that's an easy one, but. Yeah, I, I think the potential of Urias, the consistency of Giolito, and yeah, that makes it Flaherty's a cut. Yeah, you, you, you know what you're getting out of Urias. He's probably the, the highest floor there. Um, 
did you say you said Flaherty is the cut? Giolito has the probably the highest ceiling, but also a low floor. And Flaherty I don't know is... that I would say Giolito has the highest ceiling. I think Urias has the highest ceiling. You see, see, think Urias does? Yeah, especially being on the Dodgers. Like I would, I would think Urias has the highest ceiling, and Giolito is has had a better year, certainly. But if we're talking about last few weeks, like who do I want in crunch time? You know, I would probably have Urias. Is it Urias or Urias? I've always said Urias, but you know, I'm always wrong know. on that we, stuff. We're not depends the what you're podcast. drinking that day. <laughs> we're not the podcast for for pronouncing names correctly. <laughs> down here now, man. <laughs> <laughs> Mama didn't learn me how to speak too well, so. <laughs> oh man! All right, uh, Wes, you got another uh, another buy low candidate for us at all, or Ryan, do you have a buy low just off 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 your head that you think would be improving from the, being traded, and you think you should, people should be going to look for either either yeah, one? So you know, I've been you know I've been winging it this whole time on this podcast. You know, I had a three minute, two minute, you know, heads up <laughs> that we're even starting. I didn't know what the agenda was. I hadn't really put any thought into it. So no. Um, <laughs> no, all that build up, and I thought he was gonna pull something out of his ass. <laughs> no. <laughs> I did too. No, I mean, there's some injured players out there that I'd love to have on my team that you can might like, go out there and get somebody, but like you know, a, no a, a Hinjin Ryu or Mike Clevenger. I know those Mike are probably Will. your favorite. Like an O'Neill Cruz. Oh, okay, there yeah. it is. When's he due back, though? Is he is he gonna be relevant before fantasy playoffs? I don't know. I think it's coming up. I think he was like I an think, early August guy. Yeah, early August is the report that I've seen that they were – he was going to be back uh, next first week. or second week of August. Yeah. August 10th is when he's could come off. Right now he's playing catch from 75 feet, um, just not ramping up. Their, the current hope is that he could be playing live games sometime in August. Um. But is there any rush for the guy? The Pirates are not playing. So he could be coming at late August, which is not a time you're kind of that you are waiting for Neil Cruz. If you're pushing for the playoffs, you have your shortstop already. This yeah, is well, a guy I mean, that they're, they're, they're not going to shut him down. I mean, the kid's got to get better. And the only way he's going to get better is by playing. He's still super young, he needs live ABs. So right. the dude's going to play when he's available to play. This is the perfect kind of guy that if you have him on your team, you're trading away for a Lucas Giolito. Are you trading Lucas? So let's just say in a redraft league, or not in a redraft league, but in a keeper league, they're both similarly owned for three years. Would you trade for a playoff push O'Neal Cruz away for a pitcher? <laughs> <laughs> Thanks, dude. I think O'Neill Cruz has got a chance to be really, really good. It'd be hard for me to let him go. Um, but, you know, if you're trying to make a, a playoff push, I mean, I got to get more than Lucas Giolito, though. Wes, who's a, who's a pitcher that, that we've talked about here that oh, you're pushing O'Neill Cruz for? Are you, how about this? Would you, let, would you trade O'Neill Cruz for Brandon Woodruff? That's exactly who I was going to go with. I feel like that would be a fair trade. 
right? Um, it's if in, in redraft leagues. I'll let me clarify. In redraft leagues, a Brandon Woodruff for an O'Neill Cruz, they've both been out very long. They both have the same amount of potential. Uh, Woodruff probably has a little more track record. I think <laughs> O'Neill Cruz can probably be a bigger difference maker. It's but too late. It's too I just late don't in know. I don't know what you're gonna get from from O'Neill Cruz where. I'm I'm pretty confident of what you're going to get from Brandon Woodruff when he when he comes back. So Ryan, you got th- a head shaking over there. What, what's your reaction there to Wes's take? I just I don't know. I just disagree with everything this kid just said, man. I mean, <laughs> I mean, they they're not similar in any any sort of the way. They don't have the same potential. You, Woodruff is Woodruff, and he's an older Woodruff now, so his potential is going down. O'Neill Cruz is like 14 years old and he's seven foot tall and can hit a ball 130 <laughs> miles an hour. So his his potential is way higher than Woodruff. And if I had to trade O'Neill for Woodruff, I wouldn't do it because they're both coming back at the same time. I'd rather have O'Neill Cruz in my lineup than Brandon Woodruff. Tough. Uh, in redraft that's, leagues, I, yeah, I, I don't, mean, I don't, I think O'Neill's coming late. In dynasty leagues, O'Neal. I'm talking, I'm oh. talking dynasty league, okay? Yeah, I'm talking for dynasty sure. League. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Wes, Wes's no, no, take it, was there was redraft. Yeah, more. I'm talking. If if we're in dynasty, no, I, I gotta agree with you there. I don't. I, I would rather have O'Neal Cruz, a hundred percent, than than Brandon Woodruff in a in a dynasty league because you're gonna take a guy that can. I mean, he could be a thirty thirty guy easy for you next year, right? Uh, like in a dynasty league or however, however long your contracts are three, four, five years. Yeah, absolutely. I'd rather have O'Neill Cruz. So, all right, we're, we're getting uh, towards the 40 minute mark. I've got one, uh, a question for you. You have a prospect. Let's just say you have Jackson holiday and you're deciding that you want to trade him for a starting pitcher. You can choose Max Scherzer or Justin Verlander. Which one do you want of those two veterans for a playoff push? Yeah. Oh, that's tough. But I don't see how Jackson Holiday's worth any either one of those two. In if, a dynasty both, league, it probably dynasty could. League, yeah, Jackson Holiday is tearing up double and He could be. I, I still believe he's going to be up this year, and. uh you think Jackson Holiday is going to be in the pros this year? Yes. No way. That's my, that's my I, had the same, I had the same take like that's two weeks ago, take. man. No, no, no. Well, where is he at right now? He's, He's in, in double A, dude. Hey, double A? 358. Hitting 358. I, and the Orioles have a hole at shortstop. Their current shortstop is hitting 211. This was my take on Jackson Holiday. Um... I have told Burns he's crazy every time <laughs> he's brought it up that Jackson Holiday is going to be the pros this year. However, every time I look at him, his average has gone up. He's done something crazy. And there are those generational type players where it's a Bryce Harper, it's a Juan Soto, where they're just, it's once every two generations, you know, two decades that a guy like that comes around. I. I think they trade the Orioles do have a need at shortstop, but him getting there this year, man, that's, that's tough. But at this point, I'm just going to stop doubting the kid. I, I don't know. I don't know what to say at this point. He was, 
He was drafted last year. He's 19 years old. He's at double A. He's hitting 358. Every challenge they put in front of him, he's surpassed. I guess I got to stop down the kid. I don't know. I still think it's a long shot that he's in the big leagues. But yeah, if you're asking no. me, like, oh, I think it's a long shot. But I, I, oh, you I, said I, just I, sit there I, and I said it. he's going to be in the league. Oh, I know it's a long, it's a long shot, that. but it's happening. No, I'm, I'm confident. Yeah, it's happening. It's he's not, coming up. Look, first, look, he's tearing up double A. That's great. You know, and there's, there's, it's not the same game. All right, there's a, a very big difference between double A and the pros. All right. You can look at Anthony Volpe as a prime example, okay? He Quite was in double-A all last No, just kidding. <laughs> he was, you know, in the minors last year, tearing it up, doing the same thing. You know, and they're kind of similar. I mean, Volpe's older, but, you know, look how he transitions. No, that's, a, that's a great example, actually. Nah. Nah. That's a great <laughs> example. I mean, look, there are those generational-type players, man, where they, they come up. And they get to the big leagues, and you're like, all right, you're waiting for them to fail, right? Because they've never failed before in their life, and they don't. And that's, you know, that's a Bryce Harper, right? Like, that's the only person I can compare him to. But, like, that type player just doesn't happen once every 10, 20 years, man. Like, I'm, are we are we calling Jackson Holiday that guy? Are, who are you taking to start your, your – you're starting your draft and you're, you're – you can choose right now for 2024, Volpe or Jackson Holiday for 2024. Who you, are you? Are you both taking Volpe for 2024? Mm. 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 Yeah. I don't know. <laughs> I don't know about that. I don't Ryan, know. Ryan has Volpe. I know. <laughs> <laughs> Uh, that's I don't know. I mean, you're taking a risk on two players. You know, you're you're hoping for the best to happen. Um, I hoped that already with Volpe, and it didn't happen. So, would I want to redo and try it with someone else? I probably would try it with with Holiday. Yeah, right. I I like it too. So, all right, we're getting we're getting into the 42 minute mark here. We'll close out here. Our this is our our buy low. Yeah. Pretty much episode. Oh, I got, we got one more. Flag at me. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I mean, we we can't we can't leave the episode without mentioning the David Robertson trade that just happened like 15 minutes ago. Oh right, right, right. David Robertson moving from the uh, 85 Mets. million dollar two pitchers Mets uh, to the Miami Marlins. We were just talking about Jorge Lopez in our waiver wire episode. Was he the next Marlins closer? And obviously, that's not the case. David Robertson and the Marlins. Does this change his fancy value? I mean, he was on the potentially winning Mets. If you're in need of a relief pitcher, yeah, man, I, I think it does. I think the Marlins have been a decent team. Um, I'm going to wait until the Marlins announce him the closer, though. I was about I, to say, I mean, is like, he going to be the closer for them? I don't know. Like, I mean, Puck's been good. He's been He's had a rough patch lately. Um, we don't know how Jorge Lopez is going to fit in. I don't know. Robertson is 87% owned, so it's not like a guy you can just go go pick up. I mean, 13% of leagues. I still go back to my waiver wire pick of last episode, uh, Adbert Alzale. He's the closer. If the Cubs are buying, then he becomes valuable. He's only probably, I think, 50% owned in leagues. That's the guy that you can go get that yeah. you know is the closer. 
that has been striking out guys at a good rate lately. Um, yeah, so you would have to, you would likely have to trade for a David Robertson versus like you can just go pick up Alzale whenever you want right. in most leagues. So, who would you rather have uh, from today? David Robertson is the closer for the Marlins. Um, I guess that's pretty easy. David Robertson or Albert Alzale for the Cubs. Uh, Robertson. Yeah, I, I I think it's yeah proven closer. He was closer proven for the closer Phillies last a, year on a on a winning team. I'm going with Alexis Diaz. <laughs> Alexis Diaz of the Reds. <laughs> are, are the Reds going to win the NL Central? <laughs> they're gonna need some. They're gonna. They're gonna need some pitching oh, if they're gonna do that. Ryan's saying that because that's the that's his relief pitcher who's ninety six percent owned in leagues. <laughs> how is he? How is he not? How is he not one hundred percent? Let me pull up his la- his notes for CBS. Let's see. Latest notes: July twenty six. Labors in a one out save. Oh, okay. His next note: takes loss Monday. Oof. <laughs> <laughs> The next note works for 29th save. Man, that's the last last week has not been good for Alexis Diaz, but the Reds also did get swept by the Brewers, I think, going into the all-star break and coming out of it. Um, so. I mean, let's just go back like the last six weeks, seven weeks. You got 33.5 points, 28 points, 26 points, 26 points, 27.5 points, 34 points. Oh, he's, he's, he's looking pretty – pretty will win you some games. Some parallel mm-hmm. lines there. Yeah. So, all right. Well, let's let's close out this episode. I don't know if people want to listen to us chatter for more than uh, about an hour. Uh, so this is uh, episode 39. We got into some buy lows, trade candidates. If you're listening to this point, his Wes up on Twitter. He's putting out daily uh, top scores on, on Twitter, giving your daily waiver wire advice. We had Ryan, who is one of our top uh, our top fantasy players year in, year out. Uh, usually makes the playoffs, so uh, some great advice there. Uh, and uh, you guys can catch us catch us up up on the next episode.